Praise the Lord. Good to see you every good to see you this morning. Everybody feeling okay? Come on, take a breath. Whew. Say we're here. We're here. We're here. We're here. It's it's June. It's summer summertime here at Wag Church and in Las Vegas and it's hot and I'm glad that you came to service today. I'm going to go ahead and jump in and continue us in our series that we've titled somebody say summer set list. Summer set list, summer set list. This is actually week number three in our summer set list, and I want to encourage you to continue to lean in today. Two weeks ago, I talked about this idea of make a change, and I played a little snippet from a song that's written and sang by a guy named Michael Jackson, and he called it the man in the mirror, and he uses that phrase, right? If you want to make the world a better place, take a look in the mirror and make a change. Take a look at yourself. And hopefully you're doing well with your changes. We talked about changing a pace and changing our rhythms. And, and George last week preached um, out of Romans chapter 12, a, a message that he titled, Shake It Off, right? Haters going to hate, 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 hate. We're just going to shake, shake, shake it off. Amen. And we we're talking about the mind. Sometimes you got to shake off toxic thoughts. You got to shake off thinking that is not helpful Shake off thinking that is trying to lead you backwards instead of forwards. Shake off thinking. Renew your mind is what he talks about. Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world. That's a good way to get discouraged. But to be transformed by the renewal of your, your mind. We, we grow by where our, where our mind goes. And so I hope you were encouraged last week. I want to go ahead and lead us into week number three here today of our summer set list. And what we're doing is we're taking songs and we're turning them to scripture. We're, we're taking lyrics from songs and we're laying them over the Bible and saying, okay, God, what do you have to say about these lyrics and how can we grow in our own walk today? Well, it's no surprise. We've already highlighted it. It's, it's Father's Day. And I started to think about what would be a Father's Day song on my summer set list. And my mind went back to a memory that I had when I was just a young boy, okay? I was nine years old. It was 1997. Anybody remember 1997? Come on, where were you at in 97? Some of y'all were just a prayer request at that time, all right? Some of y'all were in college. Some of y'all were trying to figure it out. I remember 1997. Michael Jordan was still playing basketball. Come on, somebody. Back in the day. Um, in 1997, I remember this song came out. It was on the radio, and I was like, ooh, I kind of like this song, and it's going to lead us into our message today. So if you know the lyrics of this song, go ahead and sing it with me. Go ahead and be awkward. It's okay. Get a little uncomfortable. It's about 10 seconds we're going to play. Don't worry about it. Go ahead and play it, and if you know it, you can sing it. We can make it if we try, just us two of us, just you and two of us. Come on, look at the person next to you. Duh. Okay, all right, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, well, glad it cut off right there. Especially if you're sitting next to somebody you don't really like, that would be awkward. Like, uh, not, not just the two of us. Okay, I want to preach a message to you today out of God's Word that, that I'm titling, Just the Two of Us. Just the Two of Us. And this was this song, actually, that Will Smith authored. This was back when Will Smith was not so controversial in slapping people up. Come on, somebody, right? Is that too soon to mention? My bad. <laughs> I'm a big Will Smith fan. I, I almost played um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air song because West Philadelphia, born and raised. Okay, let's keep going. Stay focused. Renew your, shake it off. Shake it off. Um, and, uh, and I was thinking about this song because at the beginning of the song, Will Smith's son, um, one of his sons, is, starts it off with his little sweet boy voice, and he's like, hey, Dad, this song is really sensitive to me because it's a song that Will wrote for his son. 
and, and he's talking about just the two of us. I'll put the lyrics up on the screen and just this idea of just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us, you and I. And I want to go ahead and take those lyrics and I want to take this song from the summer set list and I want to go ahead and apply it to our relationship with the Father and the, the relationship that we have in knowing God. And y'all know that, that one of the things I'm so passionate about here at Walk Church and just in life in general as a disciple of the Lord Jesus is the difference between knowing about God and actually knowing God. And the difference, the, the, the gap is eternity. Because today you could come in with all the head knowledge about God and you can have the stats, facts, and historical wisdom that has to do with Jesus and never actually know Jesus and you missed him. Right? You could actually be in the room and have a Pharisaic heart where the Pharisees knew all of this scripture and are looking at Jesus but can't see him. Like, we're waiting for the Messiah and Jesus is like, hello, I'm right in front of you. I'm living out all of the prophetic texts about, about me. There's a difference between knowing about God and actually knowing God. And my encouragement to us is on this journey of life that we have, on, on however much life God has given us, that we would maximize knowing God. I mean, ultimately, that's who we're going to spend eternity with. If, if you do know him, it would be good to get to know him, amen? Right? And so I want to give you some encouragements today, just the two of us, between you and God, right? I know that the Christian life is, is big and it involves community, and I might do a message on community at some point in the value of the one another relationships, the body and the bride of Christ. But today I want to focus on, just for a moment, if we can take a sermon and devote it on just the two of us. The relationship that you have with the Father. The relationship that you get when you know God and the beauty that comes from that relationship. That's what I want to lean into today, that maybe you would leave here a little bit more encouraged about knowing Him and some of the things that follows. And so today's message is going to be a little bit more of a reminder for some of you. Hopefully it'll be a, a boost of encouragement for some of you. And if you came in the room and you don't know God today, this is a great invitation to know Him. This is a great opportunity to start the relationship. Maybe today you would go to him in prayer and use your voice, your heart, your thoughts and say, God, here I am. I want to get to know you. My name is, <laughs> my story is this, right? And you just begin to unpack and get to know God and God wants to get to know you. He's got a whole book yeah. of treasures for you. So if you're ready, say ready. ready. If you're hungry, say let's eat. let's eat. If you have a Bible, I want to invite you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, we're going to look at two verses, a brief exposition in two scriptures here today. Hebrews 13, we're going to look at verses 5 through 6. Hebrews 13, 5 through 6. When you're ready, say ready. ready. All right, Father, we're ready. We're ready. Lord, speak to us now through your word, just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Thank you for coming down from heaven to rescue us. Thank you for dying on the cross for all of our sins. Thank you for rising from the grave so that we could have access through our faith in Jesus directly to you. Now, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us. Come on, everybody. Just touch your heart. Touch your heart. Touch your heart. Say, Lord, soften my heart. Give me a word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hebrews 13, starting in verse 5, the scripture reads, keep your life free from the love of money. Thought I was going to get an amen right there. Amen. I'm just off the scripture alone. I, just, I agree with that. 
Keep your life free from the love of money and, and be content with what you have. Amen. Okay, here we go. Some of y'all are like, I'm not, I don't want to amen that. I'm, I don't want to be content with what I, I want more. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The, the scripture alone is enough encouragement for us today. And what I want to do is I want to put these two verses under the microscope for a moment and then just extract a couple principles that can really encourage us today. I feel like this is a message that, that I, my prayer is that would lead you to feel encouraged. Encouragement is so big because the definition of encouragement is that courage, if your heart is like this little can that you open up your heart, God puts courage in. Discouragement is when you lack courage. You, you feel defeated. You feel like courage has went out. I don't, I'm, I don't feel passionate. I, I actually feel low. I don't feel like I can take a step. That's when you're discouraged. Encourage is when God puts courage in. And that's my prayer today, okay? Ready? Three encouragements that follow knowing God. Let me give you the first one. The first one is this. Be encouraged that God is greater than money. Amen? Some people felt me on that. Be encouraged by this reality. God is actually greater than money. Look at verse 5 with me. Hebrews 13, verse 5. Here's what the scripture says. It says, keep your life, your life, free from the love of money. And that's just a good reminder on this summer season. In this summer set list, just the two of us, God, what do you want me to hear from you? Here's what God wants you to hear. Keep your life free from the love of money. He doesn't say keep your life free from money. In fact, money is, is a good thing. Money is something that God would even use to draw people to himself or use to actually feed people or use to provide. Money is not a problem, but when our lives are filled with the love for money, it becomes problematic. In fact, this is something that Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6 in his Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says this language. Come on, check it out with me. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount in Hebrews is echoing what Jesus taught Jesus is telling us and teaching us here, look, check this out. If you get too close to money, money will become your God. Money will consume your heart. Money will consume your emotions. Money will consume your affections. Money will consume what happens in the future. Money will, hey, what are you stressed out about? Oh, I got money problems. Here's the issue that I want to encourage you with today. I want to encourage you with today. This paradox out of Hebrews 13, it's interesting. The author says, keep your life free from the love of money. And then he, he follows that up with a statement. Let's look at it, Hebrews 13. He says, keep your life free from the love of money. Be content with what you have. And then he, he switches and he says, here's why. Because God said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. What a great trade-off. Now, it takes faith to believe it. That, that the author is trying to get us to see that I'm not going anywhere. Like money, the proverb says that money sprouts wings and flies away. 
Does anybody know what I'm talking about? That one day you have it and then the next day it's gone. God says here, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God's not turning. Sometimes your money will turn its back on you. You'll go to your bank account and you'll say, I swear I had more in there yesterday. What happened? I wrote this reality statement down. Let me know if it speaks to you. Here's what I put down. Money comes and goes. God comes and stays. Come on, somebody, right? Money shows up for a period, tries to act like it's your best friend. Money's like, just the two of us. We can make it if we try. And now I'm going to In-N-Out for a cheeseburger, right? And it's gone, right? God says, I'm coming, just the two of us, and I'm here to stay. Praise God that God shows up in our lives, and he's committed. He's consistent. He, the author of Hebrews says, look, don't, don't grow too in love with money because money will leave you. Can I get an amen, somebody? Money will leave you quick for another person's wallet. Money, money travels all around. Walk right out on you. Thought you. You thought your money was devoted. It was not. In fact, the Proverbs tells us, right? King Solomon, who had all this money, he was realizing, like, dang, like my, my money's not going to go with me into eternity. It's actually just going to go to somebody else who's going to inherit it or who's just going to run up and take it all. You ever get one of those, like, $5 bills that's all crumbled up and it says, at some point, this $5 bill was in China, right? It's like going all over the world or whatever. That, that's how money works. And so the author of Hebrews is saying, friends, don't get too attached. Keep your life free from the love of money because money comes and goes. God comes and stays. Instead, be content with what you have. Don't be complacent with what you have. Don't waste it. Don't be feeble or foolish with your living, but be content with what you have, trusting that God knows what you need, and he's the God of increase, amen? Like, I'm, I'm oftentimes reminded that the devil, John 10, 10, comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God comes to give life, and life abundantly. And let me just be clear here, I'm not just talking about money in that case, like, this was prosperity gospel, which is no gospel at all. Prosperity gospel is I come to Jesus to get something from him. The gospel is I come to Jesus to get him. He's the it. Jesus is not an ATM machine. Jesus is not the main character in Aladdin. He's not a genie in a bottle. I rub him and get what I want. No. Jesus is God. And be encouraged in a relationship with God. You get God, who is the owner of everything. It's all his. That's why he'll he'll tell David in in the book of Psalms, David, I own the cattle on a thousand hills. In other words, David, his his currency, he was looking at all types of animals. And it's like, man, this cattle is worth a lot. God's like, check out, imagine a thousand hills, all the cattle on those hills. I own those. I'm going to take care of you. I got you. God is saying today, the summer set list is, hey, just the two of us, and I got you. And you can be encouraged by that. You can, you can gain confidence in that. And if you don't gain confidence in that, your heart may be tempted to wander away from the reality that God is good, and he's for you, and he's got enough. And you might look to something like a little piece of paper 
or a bank account number to find the fulfillment that can only be found in him. This is what Paul wrote to his protege, Timothy, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. I want you to say it with me, all right? Just read this verse with me. Ready, set, go. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Just let the verse catch up to your spirit. Be careful you're not thinking about somebody else. Think about yourself. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself. Make a change. For the love of money, is, it's, it, the love of money becomes a root in your heart, and it leads to all kinds of evil. Some people, some people, Paul is actually thinking of, there's, there's actually some people who were very eager, began to wander away from the faith. Ever met somebody? They were all plugged in at church, got a new job, got a new girlfriend, got consumed with their business, got a new boyfriend, whatever it may be, wandered from the faith end up being more sad than they were when they came. Don't allow your money to become an idol and steal the worship that God deserves. And what's so amazing about the faith that we believe in is that when God gets glory, we get joy. It's not like, man, God's going to get all of my glory and I'm going to hate it. No, I'll tell you what. When God gets glory from your life, you feel like, that's why I was created. <laughs> when somebody comes up to you and says, Yo, Japper, man, I like, I like know Jesus more because of you. We feel good about that. <laughs> You're like, man, dang, I wonder if John the Baptist, right? Everybody was following John the Baptist. He had disciples. He was baptizing. And then one day, Jesus showed up, and they all left John. And they said, we're going to follow Jesus. And John was like, I was sent for this. I was supposed to just prepare the way. And we're following in that footsteps. Let, let me decrease. Let him increase. Don't, don't let money become so loud. It's the loudest voice in your life. God has to be the loudest voice in your life. Amen? Come on. God can give it. God can take it away. To learn the secret of contentness, it's, it's, a, it's a big deal. And I love the fact that he says, I'll, I'll never leave you. And I'll never forsake you. Look at Hebrews 13 with me one more time. I want us to, to go a little bit deeper into, into the verse. He says, verse 6, so, so we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Let me give you the second encouragement. Second encouragement that follows knowing God. First, be encouraged. God is greater than money. That's a good reminder. Second, be encouraged that God is greater than fear. God is greater, better, bigger, stronger than your fear. I want to encourage you today with an echo from the Bible. Fear not. All over this book, all over the 66 books, over 40 different authors from a lot of different time periods, the consistent message is don't fear. Why? Because he's here. That's what the author of Hebrews is saying. That's what he's trying to get us to see, Walk Church, online. That's what I want you to catch today is you can be encouraged, encouraged in you. Why? Because you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be fearful. In fact, I would say when you have a spirit of fear going on inside of you, because what is fear? Fear is really a spirit, isn't it? It's an emotion. 
It's a feeling. It's a lowercase s spirit that we cannot necessarily see, but we can feel. Here's what God says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. We've got to be reminded of this verse frequently. Come on, say it with me. Ready, set, go. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Stop, Parker. Park there. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. So when the spirit of fear creeps up and tries to cloud your thinking, you got to shake it off. And you got to say, hold on a second. You got to have a conversation with your fear. You got to say, maybe it's like a little fear demon on your shoulder. Be like, yo, fear, look, you're not from God. God has not given us a spirit of fear. If the only spirit of fear that God has given us is a fear of him because he's so good and so big. But even the fear of God leads to confidence because he's with us. For God has not given us a spirit, a spirit of fear and timidity, but what type of spirit has he given? A spirit of power, a spirit of love, a spirit of self-discipline. I love that, that thought. The, the Holy Spirit gives us self-discipline, so there's no addiction you can't beat. There's no chain that can't be broken. There's no future you that you can't become. Right? You can still get better. You can still go to the next level. You might say, man, my time has passed. God is still working. I don't know why he woke you up this morning, but for whatever reason, he still believes in you. For whatever reason, God still says, I still want to, I want to, the reason why you woke up today is because God himself wants to know you more. He has a purpose for your life. He has a calling on your life. He has new mercies prepared for you, new grace that he's prepared for you, mercy and goodness is following you. He woke you up to receive it. I hope we don't just walk past him and jump into a bunch of idols that can't fulfill. God has not given us a spirit of fear. In fact, I would tell you he's given us a different type of spirit. Look at John chapter 14 with me. As Jesus begins to talk about the Holy Spirit, that he does give to his children. He says, but the helper, and I, I want you to notice the capital H, helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in Jesus' name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Let me give you this in a reality statement. Maybe this will help you. Here's a reality statement. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he has given us a spirit who helps. God says, I'm not going to give you a spirit that's going to make you fearful. I'm going to give you a spirit that's going to help you in your fear. I love the fact that God wants to help us, that God wants to lift us up. I've found that this world will let you down, but isn't it a good reality that God will lift us up? That God will grab our hands when we're sinking like Peter was in the water. Jesus, save me. And immediately Jesus reaches down and says, why'd you, why'd you doubt? I was with you the whole time. God's not given us a spirit of fear. He has given us a spirit that helps. Look at Hebrews 13 with me one more time. I want us to see it. Hebrews 13 in the text, it says it like this. He says, keep your life free from the love of money. Be content with what you have. For God himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord's my help. So you can say, the Lord is the one who, who helps me. Therefore, 
I won't fear. I will not fear because God is greater than my fear and God helps me in my, he helps me in my weaknesses. This is the reminder that Joshua needed, amen? If you know your Bible, you'll know that that Moses was on this journey to see the land that God had promised him. In fact, it went back even to the land he promised Abraham. This promised land flowing with milk and honey and and Moses is trying to lead this rebellious bunch. He's trying to pastor them. He's trying to encourage them. He's struggling with anger. He's struggling with time. He's trying to figure it out. And one day Moses passes the baton to his disciple, Joshua. Joshua was a commander. Joshua was a chief. He said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish what Moses started. I'm going to lead the people into the promised land. And what a task it was. In fact, if you get a chance to read the book of Joshua, you'll, you'll find this amazing story. And Joshua, right, starts out in chapter 1, and he's trying to figure it out. He's trying to figure out, how do I lead God's people now and take over these lands that are already occupied by these big, strong dudes? In fact, in one place, they said that they looked upon the people and felt like grasshoppers compared to the people that were already occupying the land that God had promised them. And so God shows up in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, and delivers to Joshua this one-verse sermon. Let's look at it on the screen. Joshua 1, 9. It's one of my favorite verses of Scripture. I, I pray these verses over my sons every night before they go to sleep. The Scripture says, have I not commanded you? In other words, God says, have I not already told you it's going to happen? Be strong. Somebody say, Be strong. Come on, you get a little bit more, turn the volume up a little bit. Come on, be strong. Be strong strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. Why? Here's 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 the big reason why. Don't miss this. Why? Because the Lord's going with you. A right view of God gives you a right view of your circumstance. Maybe you've heard it before, right? Come on, somebody felt me on that. I'll clap with you. A right view of God gives you a right view of your circumstance, a right view of yourself. We have every reason to be humble. We have no reasons to be prideful. We're not God. We're with God. He's with us. That should humble us, and that should also give us confidence and encouragement. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Don't be frightened for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It's the same principle in Hebrews 13. Keep your life free from the love of money. Be content because the Lord your God promised you, I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. I'm going with you. I felt this last night. I was at the 412 team party last night with my wife Nina and all of our 412 kids team volunteer dream team members we were all at bouncy world come on somebody when you need to just have a a good time just go to bouncy world all right and uh kids were bouncing and we were in this this team room where we were playing some games and we were celebrating some wins in the 412 in the month of may and throughout june our kids ministry has averaged over a hundred kids and volunteers in, in, in per weekend. It's been really cool to see what God's doing in our kids' ministry. In VBS, Vacation Bible School, is starting tomorrow. And so I hope that you'd sign up and bring your kids 
and they're going to have a great time. That's ages four all the way through elementary school, fifth grade, and it's going to be powerful. Um, still time to sign up, and so we're believing God for that. And we're, we're celebrating all the wins in our kids' ministry. And um, my three-year-old, Hayden Jr., is, man, he is just on my leg. I'm, like, trying to mingle and talk to some people and, you know, encourage, and he's just on me. And I'm like, what's up, little man? And he goes, I want you to go with me. And he, he wants to go jump. He wants to go down the slide. He wants to go play. But the confidence for him to do it is, is, is dad with me. He wants to go take a step in adventure. He wants to bounce. He sees the other kids doing it, but he gets confidence when I'm around. Here's the principle. I don't know what the slide is for you. I don't know what the bounce house is for you in this stage of life. It could be a new relationship. It could be a new job. It could, whatever's keeping you from stepping off the boat in your stage of life, because all of us, the oldest person in the room is still a child of God, Amen. and he's still looking for the childlike faith. Moses didn't get his calling till he was in his 80s. Did y'all know that? Moses was like, I thought I was done right? God said, no, I still got calling on your life. I don't know what your slide is. I don't know what your bounce house is. But just hear God speak to you. I'm going to go with you. And you can go approach that thing that God has put on your life. Could be a book that you feel like you need to write. Could be a song that you need to sing. It could be a serving opportunity or a mission trip, or maybe God's put a church in your heart. Maybe he's put a kingdom dream in your heart, and you're like, I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if I could step toward it. Maybe it's some, I, I, I hear of so many different toxic relationships, and somebody says, I can't get out of the relationship. I just don't know what I'll do. He'll go with you. You're in a relationship. And God says, check this out. You don't have to be frightened. You don't have to be dismayed. Why? Because I'm going too. Think about the task of disciple-making. Jesus just spent the last three years with the 12 disciples, night and day, walking on water, healing the sick, raising the dead. Jesus dies on the cross, rises from the grave. Now he's back with the team. And they feel like, wow, that's, this has just been a crazy journey. And then Jesus says, all right, I'm getting up and I'm going home. I'm ascending into heaven at the right hand of the Father. You guys are now going to finish the mission. And I, I could just imagine the disciples being quiet. <laughs> like, wait, what? Excuse me? And then Jesus says, but don't worry, because I'll be with you. The Holy Spirit's going to be there to help you, strengthen you, comfort you, guide you, teach you, whisper things to you to help you remember. And when he gives you those inklings, he confirms it in his word. The Lord is for us, not against us. And he's with us, not distant. Amen? So we can, we can take this prophetic promise out of Joshua 1.9 that was for Joshua, and we can also apply it to our own hearts today, for even this receives its yes in Jesus in our relationship with him. Be encouraged today that God's greater than fear. He goes with you into the bounce house of life. Amen? And there might be a whole lot of other people in that bounce house going crazy. I'm just grateful I, I, I go in with the Lord. Amen. We go in together. Last, last point of this 
sermon. Let's look at Hebrews 3, one more, 13 one more time, and, and I want us to go to it. Let's keep your life free from the love of money. God's greater than your money. Be content with what you have. Here's why. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can say confidently, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Question mark. And the third and final point is this. Be encouraged that, that God is greater than man. Be, be encouraged that God is even greater than, than people. Don't, don't fall into the traps of looking at people. We got to stop people watching. Come on, amen? We got to do more God watching. Just the two of us and our Instagram feed. No, 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 no. It's just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of me and you, God. And God's going to say, and the church too, right? He's going he's to add the body in because we live this out in the context of community. But start with him. Start upward. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith, who for the joy set before him endured our cross. Be encouraged that God is greater than man. That's the last part of this text, right? In Hebrews 13, 6, he says, what, what can man do to me? I want to encourage you to have a greater fear of God than you do of man. You don't have to fear people. You don't have to fear man's opinion. You don't have to fear man's thoughts about what you do or what you say, what you think, but you do need to with God. And God has already given you his yes. I'm with you. I'm for you. In fact, the, the book of Hebrews says that his blood speaks a better word. The blood of Jesus speaks, I forgive you. Get back up. I cleanse you. I love you. I'm with you till the end. Praise God that Jesus doesn't have to die again. Amen. You cannot out his grace. You cannot out his blood. It's fresh for you today to take hold of and say, you know what? I don't have to fear man because I got God. And he's with me. In fact, here's what it says in Proverbs 29, a verse to encourage you with today. The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord, the Lord, all caps, is safe. If you start to have so much fear of man's opinion of you, it's going to lay a snare. You know what a snare is? Let me go. Let me define a, a snare. A trap for catching birds or animals. A snare is a trap. The fear of man is a trap. And I have to coach my heart with it all day. The, the, the fear of man is this idea to try to... That it was, it's what the enemy and his minions would love to use to catch you and distract you and slow you down and discourage you. But be encouraged today that God is greater than man. And if you do too much people watching, I promise you, you'll get discouraged. Like, I want to I just speak this because I've spent the last two weeks doing student camps and hanging around high school students and middle school students. Amen. Somebody gave me a hallelujah for that, and it's been powerful. Let me look at Hebrews 13, because this is a verse, especially verse 6. That I've been trying to encourage high school and middle school students with, the Lord is your helper. 
Not your future, boo. (laughs) Not your future, you. You don't have to fear. There's so much fear that's pervading our generation. Y'all know that. People are afraid. People are scared. People are anxious. So much fear is causing mental illness. Fear of what people will think. Let me just say this. I'm going to blow something up right now. Social media is not real. It's not. It's a fake space. People only post their highlights, never their lowlights. In fact, sometimes I meet people that I follow on social media and say, you don't even look like the person you are on social media. I say that in my head, of course. Like, that ain't even you. It's a fake space. I've I've tried to encourage students and also adults and even my own heart. Like, man, so-and-so unfollowed me. Dang. But God's with you. That's a better trade. It takes faith to believe it. It takes faith to believe it. It takes faith to believe it. But we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. Come on, don't get too nervous about the follower counts and the social stuff and the et cetera. like all or, hey, reality TV show. Come on, it's not reality. Amen. Like I've, I've seen some reality stuff. Shows get filmed and stuff. They have to stop. Take. Let's run that back. Let's try it again. Let's fake your reality for the show. It's the deceiver. This book is real. Hebrews 13 is real. Real life, real emotion, real snares. So that you can say, you know, the Lord is my helper. I'm sleeping okay at night. I'm sleeping. Actually, I'm good. God's my helper. I actually don't even have to fear because he's with me. I'm confident. What can man do to me? Great question. The author of Hebrews. We don't even know who the author of Hebrews is. Maybe we'll meet him in heaven one day. If you want a good potential answer, Pastor Mike has a paper on it. Okay, come on. Email Pastor Mike. He'll give you his best his best thought, it's a little ambiguity on Hebrews, but I love this book because it's so real and so raw, and it speaks to the day that we're living in, where we're challenged. I mean, 2,000 years ago, this verse was written, don't fall in love with money, and don't get so consumed by people. In fact, there's one more scripture, and in, in our worship team, you guys can come up, and we'll, we'll close out. Um, there's one more scripture that is very profound in the book of Matthew, um, it's probably one of the only times where I feel like Jesus flexed on the disciples. You know, like Jesus very, very rarely had to flex on anybody. Like there's one time where Jesus says, don't you think if I wanted to call fire down from heaven, I could? <laughs> yeah, he just let them know like I could do that, right? Um, but there's this other time where Jesus tried to speak to the idea of fear of man. And Jesus says, like, don't fear man that could hurt the body, but in fact fear the one who can take away the body and send your soul to hell? Like, Jesus goes, says, go higher than that. Like, the Apostle Paul says, to live is Christ, to die is gain. It's a win-win. In Christ, now I'm not saying we should be hurry in a hurry to get to heaven, because we have a lot of work to do on earth, amen? Come on, raise your hand if you know somebody that doesn't know Jesus, but you want them to know Jesus. I I got both hands up, right? I I feel like I got more work to do, Lord. I trust your timing. But in in this meantime, in this gap, use me. Because too many people need the good news. They don't have to fear, man. 
when the Lord is with us. And friend, I want to encourage you, he's with you. Let's pray. Lord, together we come before you, just the two of us. Lord, we can make it if we try. Thank you that you tried. And not only did you try, but you accomplished. You defeated death. You defeated the grave. You defeated hell and Satan and all his demons. And you did it so that I could have a right relationship with you. That you satisfied the Father's wrath against humanity through your death on the cross. And so today we take up our access as sons and daughters through our faith in Jesus. And we do not fear. We do not fear. Fear is a liar. And Jesus is a savior. Money comes and goes. God is here to stay. God's not given us a spirit of fear. He has given us a spirit to help. So Lord, help us right now. I want to pray two prayers. One is for somebody here today that doesn't know Jesus. You may know about him, but today you're ready to know him. I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me right now. Just say, Lord, I'm ready. I give you my life. I give you my love. I give you my all. Save me. Change me. Rearrange me. Heal me. I give you all my sins. I give you all my past. I give you all my future. I'm a new creation through my faith in you. Thank you, Father, for saving me. I turn away from my sins, and I turn now to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yeah. Amen.